Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Whether you work for government or industry, we're here to help you understand the other side just a little bit better. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Skyway's team of former contracting officers and industry pros will make you more prepared, more competitive, and more effective in the government market. Visit skywaymember.com to learn more. In today's episode, Kevin talks to our friends from Graytech about the challenges that small businesses face as they move from just being a sub to performing as a prime on government contracts. Okay, let's get started. So you guys have been a government contractor, uh, you, you've been a subcontractor, and you've recently moved over to being a prime. Tell us your story of you know, how you got here, because a lot of people would love to have the same story that you do. How did you get here? We, uh, we, we started uh, in the military. 95% of us uh, at Gray Tech are retirees or prior service. I retired in 2013, um, shortly thereafter. Hired uh, the first employee, who is now my partner, Ted Atzinger. I was also um, working for the Army. I was as a civilian uh, counterintelligence agent. And Jim and I have worked together with some very specialized um, counterintelligence assignments, and we knew we enjoyed working together. We, we had a lot of trust for one another, which is you know one of the most important things when you're looking to, to start up a, a small business, I would say, with, with partners is is having that level of trust and, and knowing the person that you work with. And so when Jim approached me with the idea of joining with him with Great Tech, that was, uh, that was enough for me, and I, I uh, left government service and uh, never looked back. It probably took us a month sitting down, talking to each other, looking where we wanted to go, deciding that not only commercial but government services and support and service to our country was was important to us. You know, one of the impetus to um, to start Gray Tech was the possibility of, of um, work on both sides. The commercial work seemed to come through first, primarily, and so uh, that's what we went with. We always knew we wanted to pursue both government and commercial work, uh, and the reason for that is that they, they both have their own challenges, and I think they complement each other very well you're able to do certain things in the commercial world that uh, will will allow you to develop your products that then you can use um, when you are responding to solicitations for the government. And the government work allows us to, to keep our, our relevancy and continue to serve our country and the DOD and the other agencies that we have contracts with um, in the same way that we used to when we were active duty and uh, in government service. What we discovered very quickly when we started working in the commercial world was that on the counterintelligence side of things, which our company is obviously specialized specifically in counterintelligence and security services, the government uh, was more advanced in the way that a large organization implemented a counterintelligence program uh, than, than many very large organizations uh, in industry were. Organizations where you would think they would have a, a very robust um, mechanism of protecting their intellectual property, their uh, critical to protect information, they didn't necessarily know how to do it in the way that the government did or that we had learned in our years with government service and, and active duty. So we actually found that there were uh, skills and techniques and um, programs that we had implemented with the government 
that with a little bit of tweaking, we could actually implement an industry to help protect their information as well. So it's interesting that in, in this case, the expectation, usually the expectation is that the commercial market understands it and then the government market can implement. In this case, it's an interesting concept is from a cyber and, and, and security and IT protection and, and just overall security in the, in the, what is it called? The internet of things world. You're saying that the DOD actually kind of has just more experience with it, or it's just, it, it made more sense for you to implement some of the things that you learned from the DOD side and, and apply them to the commercial instead. Um, no, I, I definitely believe, we believe that uh, the government is rather far ahead as far as insider threat, cyber protection, IT security, primarily because uh, on the commercial side, once we were able to sit down with them, we quickly realized that if you cannot show a return of investment immediately, they're not interested. So on the counterintelligence security side, it was rather difficult to, to get a CFO uh, to sign up for this until you could actually show them a vulnerability, which because of our years of service in the government, uh, we could quickly do that. Uh, it didn't take us a long time uh, to show that return on investment, which is uh, and still is uh, one of the most important things when, in the commercial market. The other thing I would add to that is that, of course, in an in industry, uh, it's either got to help the bottom line or it's got to reduce their, their liability or uh, counter a vulnerability or a threat that they're currently experiencing. And so really it's only been in, in recent years, um, the sort of global war on terror years, that have seen that they are beginning to see the type of threat overseas, especially overseas, but also here domestically, uh, for their physical security, um, threats from potential terrorist organizations where in the past, that wouldn't have been something that a commercial entity would have to worry about too much beyond just your standard uh, guards and, and gates and door locks and things. So uh, this was kind of a new a new world for them that they were uh, – some of the, the initial client that we had had actually had a threat stream um, directed toward them, and this was something that they really had never dealt with before. And we found that our experience with the government dovetailed perfectly into what uh, what they needed to do to help protect their people and their facilities. So for the government, it's the expectation that we're going to be attacked. And I think that maybe that's where this expectation from the commercial side is once they get attacked, then they realize there's a risk. And so people aren't wired to be proactive, particularly in business. And, and Skyway, we're kind of in the same boat where a lot of the, the advice and consulting and, and support we give is stuff that it's going to help you six months from now. And commercial entities don't normally invest in that. <laughs> they, they want to, is, is there a threat now? So the fact that you crack the code is, is pretty cool. So uh, back to the, to the government side. So on the, the subcontracting side, if the fact that you've, that you've smoothly transmission, maybe the appearance is smoothly transitioned from being a subcontractor to a prime. What was your experience in that transition? How did you know it was the right time for you, et cetera? Well, Kevin, uh, that's, that's a great question because, uh, the way I explain that is we enjoy the chase, and we really did. We were looking for a contract. Uh, we were a sub. We were looking for a prime that we could, number one, manage, uh, and number two was in our counterintelligence expertise. Uh, we happened to find one. We are very good at, uh, I think, expressing uh, our qualities and our capabilities on paper. Uh, so we went after 
a, a contract. Uh, it was uh, an LPTA, um, and we wanted to really be aggressive on it. So we did that. Again, this is still the chase phase, uh, so it was fun. Uh, we didn't mind working around the clock. And close to uh, uh, a year ago, actually, we were notified that we won. So the, at that point, going from a sub to a prime became intimidating. And at th that point, the chase was done, and we had to deliver. And I'd say for a small, uh, the, the things that come up, the recruiting, the benefits, uh, package, everything else um, sort of um, is now the five-meter target and, and can be a very daunting task uh, for any small. And I imagine for all smalls it is. So how did you know that it was it was the right time for you, or, or was it the chase that got you there? No, we we, uh, we had been looking for a number of months. We, we knew that we wanted to go after prime contracts, and and so we had been looking for well, probably a year, but really intensely, we had been looking for about six months. And we finally saw one that was, like you said, it was right in our wheelhouse. We knew that we could knock it out of the park. We knew that as far as doing the job, managing the people, it was something that we had done over and over again successfully in the past when we were working um, with other government agencies or with the DOD. Uh, we knew that the work itself was was something that we could deliver as well as or better than anybody uh, out there. And then we saw the scale was manageable. And so with, I think between those two things, once we saw that contract, we knew this is something that we really, really need to, to go after. And we had been involved in the proposal or the um, uh, proposal writing process in the past as part uh, of subcontractor agreements and as part of other teams, um, writing an entire proposal ourselves was a, a daunting task, even though that particular first one, as it was a small contract, wasn't as complicated as, as some are. But um, that was something where, uh, as Jim said, I think we have uh, a lot of ability in the, in the writing arena. And then it was, it was really uh, invaluable to have, to have you guys, to have Skyway, to help advise us through that process and make sure that uh, our interpretation of what the RFP was saying was accurate and was what the, the offering KO was likely looking for. And so having Skyway there to support us on that, um, I have to say, was was in, in, invaluable during that first sub to prime transition. Oh, well, I appreciate that. So for those companies that are in that same spot, getting ready to to, to move and, and take this opportunity, what's what's the one thing? And it can't be Skyway; it's gonna be something else. <laughs> what's the one thing that uh, that you wish you knew sooner in that process? I think that's pretty easy, Kevin. I, again, I think most smalls like us, we have expertise in particular areas that uh, that we are going after. I think pricing um, is a huge uh, issue for smalls trying to write to government contracts. Uh, it's just something that I think you learn over time. I'm not sure. Uh, we certainly haven't found, uh, you know, the magic uh, solution to it. So developing your pricing model, and especially for a first-time prime, uh, it was uh, the most challenging thing we did. And did we do it right? Well, we won a contract, um, and we're happy. Uh, it's moving us forward. So as far as that goes, it's a success. Uh, but I would say we are better at it now. Um, and with each contract, whether it be a sub or we're going after as a prime, uh, we get better with the pricing. 
That's great advice. That's an area that I think the habit sometimes is to look at price last. And oftentimes it's the first place you want to look is to say, well, we'll start with the fact, can you make money doing it? But decide, are you going to do a, a bottom up approach where you build it based on what it's going to cost you, which tends to make the price higher, or are you going to do a top down? And just having that conversation earlier, that's a, that's a great point. And it's something that, again, as, as a subcontractor, I think a lot of folks aren't really thinking of that one. So thank you for that. So speaking of subcontracting, who is the perfect teaming partner for you? Yeah, I think there's a lot of answers to that question, and we've worked with some uh, some primes that that have, that have been great. Uh, but I think one of the and Jim may have other uh, aspects that he wants to add in here, but probably the the most important thing for us is a is a prime who communicates with us um, all the information that we really need to know and. Uh, what I mean is, you know, getting in there early and letting us know what kind of work share we can expect, sharing with us early on rate information so we can start recruiting. Uh, they just have to continue to communicate with us so that we can help them in the process. And I think that those companies that have done that uh, have found that Graytech is extremely useful and responsive in, in filling slots that are difficult to fill and finding people that can do the absolute best job in a certain contract or, or in a certain environment. And then the other thing is that not to give their subcontractors a overly optimistic view of certain things or, or to sort of lead us along because they, they, they want us to be on their team. So to overpromise what they're going to deliver because that we have limited resources as a small company and we have to decide where to devote those. And so when a large prime, you know, once help on this and this and this, and then nothing ever materializes from that, that prevents us from going after other opportunities that we might be able to be more successful on. Interesting. So the, the, the rule of under promise <laughs> applies to the, the prime and sub relationship. That's a, it, again, this is something I never noticed, never knew about as a contracting officer is that the amount of effort that it takes a sub or it can take the sub to support a prime. I'm just seeing the prime contractor's proposal. Yeah, I may see the list of, of what the subs do, but realizing the effort that, that's negotiated, how much effort that sub put into it. They may have written their whole section of the proposal, or they may have just had their name on there or something in between. And you're right. It's an opportunity cost to you. And I had no context of that as a contracting officer because I, I wasn't listening to a podcast about it, I guess. It's probably the simplest way. So, Jim, do you have, an, you have a different explanation or some different answers? Well, um, I totally agree with Ted, and it is a it's a huge drain on on our bandwidth uh, when we are you know run down a rabbit hole that uh, doesn't produce. What I would say, as far as looking for teaming partners, is we we look at uh, ethics, uh, we look at folks that have our uh, same vision moving forward, whether it's a large or a small. Um, you learn a lot uh, through communication. Um, I know we've said that uh, several times today, but it is the most important thing for uh, us as as business owners and counterintelligence professionals. We've done everything to this point with very good uh, relationships. So sitting down at a conference room table and having an open dialogue is probably uh, what I value uh, the most in, in determining whether or not we're going to move forward uh, with uh, a partnership. And let me just ju jump in there with one more thing, just to clarify, you know, we do not mind 
expending our, our resources on an effort that that's not guaranteed success. I mean, obviously, most teams that we're on and most proposals that we send in are, are certainly not guaranteed to be successful. And so we understand that that we are going to commit resources. You know, it's like sales. You know, you got to ask seven times before you get a yes, right? It's something like that with proposals. But what we we just need the prime to communicate to us fully throughout that process, so that so that we are not committing resources in a way that we're on, based on information that's not accurate or assumptions that we're making because the prime hasn't explained fully what's going on with the process. Yeah, and, and it's a great insight on the value of communication between the sub and the prime that the contracting officer, the government side, can help to enable by putting as much information as as reasonably possible into the RFIs and into the RFP and into the attachments. And the more that information is out there and open, within reason, I get it. You can't you don't you can't have proprietary stuff, et cetera. But just being able to to facilitate this communication by having it so that that more people know what's going on. Uh, and that that communication, I keep finding more ways that communication makes government contracting better, you know, one contract at a time. It's great stuff. So in, in closing, so what has you guys fired up about, you know, what's, what's, what's ahead for you for, for what does 2017 look like? What, what do you, has you really excited about being where you are balancing your commercial and your government contracts and now your prime contracts so well? So we have a, a, an excellent 2017 uh, coming up. We're also looking to move in a new direction to add a service to our, our company. And I'll let Ted uh, expound upon that. Uh, yeah, we, we, uh, have realized that for some reason there seems to be a, um, a an idea in the community um, on the government side that um, investigative services, background checks, and things like that, there seems to be a, a misunderstanding that, that those uh, are sort of a security function rather than a counterintelligence function. And they do they do fit into both categories because of nature of why you're doing it. But we're we're really focusing on some of those investigative services, background investigations, uh, we believe that there's a lot of opportunities for our company in that area. And that is really a core counterintelligence skill. And I think that we can do it as counterintelligence professionals uh, with a lot of experience, we can do it much better than most other companies can. And so we're going to, we're going to focus on that side of things and, and dovetailing into that as CI uh, officers in the past, we we're called upon to do a lot of force protection operations. So we understand that side of things as well, more on the fiscal security side. And so we're going to branch out into the, into the uh, protective services, guard services uh, side of things as well. We think it, it fits well our model of providing a holistic look um, at an organization's security because we want to be able to address their, their cyber security needs, their operations security, which is often overlooked, um, as well as their physical security needs. And so we believe that being able to address their security needs holistically like that is uh, is something that we need to do as a company. And we're very excited about some opportunities that we think we're going to have over the next year to, to do that. So the great story is you took your targeted expertise and you've figured out how to use that same expertise, which you are exceptionally good at, and targeted even more in other areas within the customers that you already have. So there's a lesson for lots of companies there is that be really awesome at something and then apply that same awesomeness to other things, even in the government market. It applies everywhere. So that's really cool. And, I, and I'm excited to have you as a Skyway member because we, we get to watch this growth and watch you expand. It's really neat. 
assuming there are listeners who'd like to contact you and, and learn more about how they can work with you on as a prime, as a sub or whatever, what's the best way to get in contact with you two? Uh, the best way, Kevin, is if they uh, reach out to our corporate number, which is 844-246-4739. You can also go to www.graytech.com. Uh, there is a link on there to send us a message. And, uh, again, we'll uh, get right back to them. And to clarify, that's G-R-E-Y-T-E-K.com. Well, thanks, gentlemen, for being on. This is a lot of fun. I, I look forward to, to, to watching 2017 unfold for all of us. Uh, and in the meantime, thanks for being a community member, and we will see you on the next podcast. Thank Great, you, Kevin. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Okay, that's it for this episode of the Contracting Officer Podcast. Thanks to Gray Tech for joining us today. Thanks to Sky Acquisition for sponsoring. And remember, topics are listener-driven. If you have an idea for a topic, send it to me at paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com. Thanks for joining us. Thanks.